Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and this show is brought to you by Navman. Now, I've been talking before about their MyCam GPS products, and honestly, the whole new range has been extremely impressive. There's one that I've got fitted in my car, and I've left it there for every time I jump into it. It's always recording what's in front of me with the dash cam at the front and the GPS navigation at the, at the back. Well, I guess the front that faces me. The other product that I haven't quite used yet, and it's one that's really for people who go off-road, is the MyCam Explore. Now, this unit has a seven-inch screen at the front. However, it still has the camera on the back like the other models. However, it's got four-wheel drive tracks navigation built into the unit. So once you do go off the, off the black stuff and hit the dirt, you're actually still going to get your navigation across all different four-wheel drive tracks across Australia and New Zealand as well. Now, the other interesting part here is 140,000 kilometers of four-wheel drive tracks are in the unit from the day you buy the thing. So effectively, you buy it, take it out of the box, stick it to your windscreen, navigate all the way up, say, the Blue Mountains, and then boom, you hit your four-wheel drive tracks, and it tells you exactly where to go, including points of interest, which is fantastic for finding a lookout, finding a campsite, whatever it could be while you're off-road. And that's navigation on a whole other level. So do check it out. Head to navman.com.au and check out the MyCam Explorer. It is $499, but if you think about going off-road and being away from mobile reception and literally in the middle of nowhere, which is an amazing place to be, you still want something that's going to get you home. And that's the MyCam Explore. Let's go on with the show. All right, now tonight I'm having a glass of Pinot Noir. Uh, it's, it's from a vineyard called Lambrook. And the interesting part here is not so much the wine. I mean, the wine's good. It's a good Pinot Noir. It's a 2019, so it's quite young. Uh, heaps of fruit. So if you love your fruity Pinots, this one is a real one to go and grab. But it was sent to me from Good Pear Days. And I'll talk about why I was drinking this bottle um, later on as we go through the news. But here's a company that, it's basically like a wine subscription service where you can sign up, they can send you four bottles a month, but they use machine learning and things like that to learn about you, learn about what wine you enjoy so that they can send you more and more wine that's going to actually appeal to your taste buds. And it's fascinating that when you sign up and you go through the process, they ask you all these different types of questions. Like if you were to have a cocktail, would you prefer a margarita or a mojito? And based on that answer, we'll give them more insight as to where your flavor profile is. So it's crazy. Anyway, so I got sent this bottle of wine. It was a nice, nice bottle of Pinot. I'll sip on this one throughout the show. And yes, you'll hear about why wine became relevant in the tech news this week. Now, fair bit to get through. I'm going to talk about a new smartphone from Alcatel. We're going to talk about a new appliance for your home from LG. Uh, we're going to talk about appliances from Samsung. Actually, this is really a whole home upgrade episode. And then we're going to talk about projectors. We've also got two questions that we're going to answer thanks to the Boost helpline that people have been texting through, and I appreciate all of the texts that are coming. Uh, we'll get to two more of those today. So we're going to talk about phones, appliances, projectors, um, and obviously addressing those questions. Let's get into the show because boy, oh boy, there's a bit to get through. All right, now first and foremost, I'm coming straight off the press with Alcatel. Now Alcatel, we've spoken about them before. They are absolutely a brand that we always talk about when it comes to value for money smartphones. And it happens more often than not that whenever they announce something, I always look back, look at the price and go, 
How? How is that possible? Now, let me look at this real quick. And I won't tell you the price just yet, but here is a smartphone that has three cameras on the back, a fingerprint sensor on the back, sounding actually a lot like a Google Pixel. Um, fingerprint sensor on the back, three cameras, 4,000 milliamp hour battery, um, 64 gigs of memory, um, of, of storage, I should say. It's got the fingerprint reader. It's got a 6.2 inch display, which has an 87% screen to body ratio, which is pretty good, getting pretty, up, pretty much up there with the flagship devices. Runs Android, as you'd expect. Has a camera on the front, as you'd expect. It's called the Alcatel One SE. It's got a dedicated Google Assistant button, which I actually quite, really quite like, and I've seen this in a few smartphones before. It's extremely handy when you just hard press a button and then start talking to it instead of actually holding down an on-screen button, for example. This is going to cost you a whopping $199 for a smartphone which has three quality cameras on the back, the camera on the front, the fingerprint sensor, the storage. $199. And the, the, the big thing here is I'm not going to say, oh my God, this is a, an iPhone killer. They're, they're different categories of phone. The camera is not going to stand up to a $2,000 iPhone or, a, or an $1,100, $1,200 iPhone. But the point to make here is that last year, $199 did not get you a smartphone that was this good. Maybe you had one camera on the back. Maybe you didn't have that fingerprint sensor. You probably didn't have a 6.2-inch display. And it's amazing to see year on year how, I guess, Alcatel and other brands who are competing in this price point, how much they keep slogging at each other to, to outdo one another year on year. And it's like, if one of them didn't do this, somebody else would have. And it's just crazy that they'll probably do this, then Oppo will come out with something, or another brand will come out with something else. And that craziness around how much they're putting into a phone and reducing that price considerably is phenomenal. $199. If your teenager is looking for their first phone and it needs to be a smartphone, 200 bucks, they're going to be happy. They're going to be happy with this device. And because it is an Android device, they'll have access to all the apps that anybody of the crazy kids in school who are being spoiled with a flagship device, um, they'll still have all those apps. They can still chat. They can still send pictures, blah, blah, blah. But $199, gosh, if they break it, you'll move on. You'll get another one. It's just bananas to me. So it's, it's available. It's available right now. You can go into like your normal re retailers and go pick one up. I just can't believe it. The Alcatel One SE, $199. Um, I don't know. Alcatel just keeps doing it and it keeps surprising me. Now, the other interesting thing, and I'll get straight into this one because LG had an event this week and it was a virtual event. Uh, I couldn't go to the in-person one because of work commitments and things like that. But they ran a virtual option. And I, you know what? I'm seeing this more and more often. Um, and you guys might be seeing it just in your own day-to-day -day lives that you know events that used to happen in person, if you missed it, you missed it. Um, but now I'm not starting to notice that in-person events are also offering a virtual component where you can join from home. And it's so, so good. So that's, that was why Good Pair Days sent me that bottle of wine. It was to go with the event that I was attending. Now, LG have announced a new appliance for the home. And um, LG hadn't competed in this particular space before, but now they are, and it's wine, and they have a wine cellar. Now, I have a, I have a small wine fridge at home. It holds about 36, 40-odd bottles, and it's amazing for storing your wine to make sure that it's kept at a good temperature, a consistent temperature, um, so that way if you have got old bottles or if you're planning on keeping bottles for more than a year, it's not going to completely disintegrate or be ruined. It will actually stand the test of time. And it's something that people should do if you're planning on, you know, holding on to wine. 
you should really consider getting a, a wine fridge or something like that. Now, when LG decided to do it, it isn't just a simple counter height uh, wine cellar that you're going to get and stick your wine into. No, 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 no. This thing is the size of a normal fridge. So if you think of a normal fridge that you would have, about as tall as a human being, about six foot tall, and it's got, it looks like a big, big fridge drawer in the front, and it's got two drawers. Straight away, you're going to say, why do I need a drawer if you're um, talking about a wine fridge? Well, let's get into the details of this particular wine cellar from LG because it's bonkers. Now, first of all, you've got storage of up to 65 bottles at the top. You've got a, um, a very dark glass at the front so you can still see what's inside. You can still turn a light on and see what's inside as well before you open the door. Um, 65 bottles. Interestingly, if you want to open the door and you've got your hands full, maybe you've already got two bottles in your hand and you need to put them back into the wine fridge, um, there is a sensor at the bottom of the door that if you put your foot in it underneath, it pops the door open for you. Much like, you know, those car boots that are now quite automated, that if you walk up to the back of your car, you can wave your foot under the bumper and it opens the boot for you. LG is applying that to this wine fridge. It also applies to their, um, some of their, their fridges as well. So you can check that out. But you put your foot on the door, door pops open, and you can quickly open it up and stick your wine in. Um, each level where the wine sits can be a different temperature zone. So if you've got reds on one, champagne on another, white wine on another, you can keep them all at different temperatures. If you've got a shelf where you're about to serve from, maybe you want to cool them even further, whatever the case is, you can do all of that and customize that completely. So really advanced uh, wine storage. But those two drawers is what's really cool as well. So in that first drawer is where you would put your cheese, um, your cold meats and things like that. So you imagine this, it's, this is all an, an occasion, right? So you've got your wine up top, it's the first drawer, you're going to put some of your cheeses in, maybe you've got it already laid out on the board, guests arrive, pull the cheese out of that temperature control drawer when you can set that temperature, be whatever you like, pull that out, cheese is ready to go. How good's that? You open up the wine fridge, you serve it from there. The bottom drawer, you know, again, plenty of storage, but when you open that drawer, the actual compartment rises up once it's out of the drawer. So the drawer comes out and then a compartment comes up. It's crazy. Effectively, what it means is that you just bend over less to pick up whatever is inside it. So if it's fruit, if it's, if it's also more cheese, if it's extra salami, whatever it is, um, boom, this thing just rises up. It's quite amazing to watch. If you get a chance to check out any of the videos online um, and have a look at the product, it's just so, so cool. So this is not for everybody. It's certainly not for me. And the main reason being it's $8,999. It's an expensive wine fridge, an ex expensive fridge, cooler, whatever it is. But if you've got a space in your home where you've got your main fridge already, this sits perfectly next to it if you can afford it. Uh, it is one of the most beautiful wine fridges I've ever seen, but it takes appliances to a whole other level. Most people don't need one of these, but those who do are buying the expensive wines that go inside it. So it's a pretty good way of checking out whether you need one or not. But that is from LG and it will be on sale, uh, they reckon, around January 2021, potentially a month later or so. But I saw this at CES at the beginning of the year. Very impressive, very beautiful product. Um, but it was nice to sip on that, uh, that Pinot Noir yesterday as well as today and continue talking about it. All right, moving back to appliances, we're going to step out of the kitchen and move into the laundry. Now, Samsung announced a new washer and dryer. Um, immediately, some of you are going, I'm out. This is boring. But hang with me for a second, because these might be some of the coolest washer and dryers that you've ever heard of. 
These obviously have Wi-Fi on board. Every appliance has Wi-Fi on board these days. However, they're also getting very smart. And I, I hate it when brands put the letters AI on everything. Um, but Samsung is saying they use artificial intelligence in their washing and dryers now. So let me give you some context as to what they're actually doing here. Most people, when they use their washing machines, they use the standard wash every time. There might be six or seven other options. Most people just put the normal wash on. They just chuck whatever they've got in there. They hit go, away it goes. What Samsung is doing is they've obviously noticed this as well. And they're now allowing a much more individual type program per wash. And essentially, they've got sensors inside the washing machine that will detect soil levels, soil levels, as in how dirty things are. Um, they'll also be able to weigh and assess the amount of volume that you've put into the washing machine. And it will actually then be able to use the right amount of water and detergent. So for most people, again, they just chuck the amount of detergent or powder into the container and they just assume it's enough and that's it. With this one, you'll essentially load as much detergent into the washing machine as you can, and then it will decide how much to dispense based on how much clothing you've put inside it. So what's crazy here is if you've ever looked at one of the tags of your clothes, and a lot of people don't do this, um, there's usually washing instructions around what kind of wash it should be. You can actually program that into the washing machine as its own individual settings. You might have some blank spaces on this machine where you'll say, you know what, this is for those fancy clothes that I wear every now and then. The next time you go to put them for washing, you flick it to that individual mode and it will give those program settings ready for that garment when it goes in. The crazy part that follows from that is that the, if you buy both of them and you've spent big, you bought the washer and the dryer, they'll communicate with each other so that after the load is finished in the washer, it will tell the machine, will tell the dryer, here's what's coming. And it will send the settings that it used to the dryer so that it can then be ready for what kind of drying capability it might need. So that would be around, again, weight, how much temperature should be applied, and how vigorous it should be in terms of its drying process. So again, if you've got delicate, or if you've just got a pair of jeans, or if it's towels, whatever it is, that will get passed on the dryer and will change the settings accordingly for what's set to come. That part is really cool. That machine-to-machine -machine communication stuff is things you're going to see a lot more of. Um, I remember kitchens being one big hot topic where that was going to happen. And I think LG in the US ran down that path a little bit, but we don't get all of the LG appliances here in Australia. But effectively, what they were talking about was that you could tell you know, your Google Smart Assistant, whatever it is, um, to preheat your oven to a certain temperature and it would go ahead and do that. But then if you were following a recipe through, say, your Google Nest Hub and that triggered your, um, your oven to preheat, the oven would also tell the dishwasher what kind of dishes might be coming based on what it was cooking so if it was cooking a roast hey there's a big old roast dish coming you better turn this your dishwasher up a few notches and it can do that so we started to hear a lot more about that and obviously we've heard about smart fridges and you know based on what's inside your fridge it will recommend recipes and that could have been the first step in that whole process but that is all intertwining and again this also does mean that you have the same branded appliance across the whole range, which is pretty unique. Um, and I don't think LG, I still don't think that they do, but I'm pretty sure LG still don't sell their ovens in Australia. Um, and as a result, I think that's where that missing link comes in from there. And I think Samsung is the same. I don't think any of their ovens uh, are sold in Australia either, but I could be wrong. But effectively, here is an example where they're addressing the laundry and saying, here are two machines that will work together as one. 
pricing is not cheap. Um, you're looking at about $8.99 for the washer all the way up to $14.99 for the same washer uh, in a dip with some extra features. And then you've got the dryer. The dryer part is the one that probably you know, surprised me the most. Starts at $14.99 and goes up to $18.99. So not cheap products. But again, maybe you're someone who's building a new home. You just heard about that wine cellar. You're thinking, I'm going to get that. Oh, maybe I'm going to get the uh, washer and dryer as well and have this real perfect smart home. Maybe. The other obvious, obvious cool thing, which I love about these Samsung appliances here is they have smart things built in. I've been getting really used to smart things because I've got my Samsung TV. I have a Samsung um, air purifier. And I love that they're actually all in the same app. I can control them. I can talk to my um, voice assistants and control them. But if I open that app and I could see my washing machine and how much time is left on it, um, if I could then pay attention to getting an alert when my dryer is finished, that kind of stuff, that's really cool. And the other interesting part is all those smart things can integrate to your television. Um, so you can imagine you're watching TV, you get a small little pop-up in the corner saying five minutes left on the dryer. Cool. You can start making your way to the laundry and, and go and fetch it. Like it's that kind of, kind of integration that I really like. Um, and the other thing as well, if, if you're really super organized, some people, this is crazy, some people load their washing machines before they leave for work, but they don't want it to start until just before they get home because then they'll go and put it into the dryer in the evening. You don't want a, a wet washing load sitting in your washing machine um, all day. So people start them later. And what I've heard is that with the smart things, obviously, you can control your washing machine. So you could be on your way home from work, hit go on that one hour cycle. By the time you get home, that cycle has finished. Then you can transfer it to the dryer. The dryer already knows it's coming and it starts doing its thing. So you can see where the convenience part comes in with smart things and obviously having this whole crazy smart integration as well. But anyway, if you're up for some new appliances, do check these ones out from Samsung. All right, just on the Boost helpline, I had a, uh, actually real quickly on the Boost helpline, 0467439078. I had a question from Tony this week and Tony asks, new Xbox or PS5? That's the question. That's the golden question. And my, my immediate reaction to that is, well, it's up to you. Because I, I don't see them being terribly different consoles. The biggest difference between both of them comes down to what games you want to play. Sometimes there are exclusive games on one console or another, and that could literally be the reason why you buy one of those consoles. For me, uh, the Forza franchise is something that I'm a big fan of. Not so much the Horizons one, but the actual, the, the real racing simulator one. That is the one reason why I would own an Xbox normally. Grand Theft Auto, Gran Turismo, for the, on the other hand, would be why I would own a PlayStation. It's just the way it is. Um, in saying that, if you're talking about, Tony, if this, if this question is coming to me because of your kids, maybe you're looking to buy one for your kids for Christmas, they're nagging you, dad, we want to get a new gaming console, whatever the case may be. The other thing to consider beyond games is friends. Thinking about and knowing who they plan on playing the game with is the biggest problem here or potential opportunity because most people play online. Most people are buying these consoles to play online. So if you are to give your kids a PlayStation 5, but all of their friends are playing on Xbox, if they're playing exclusive games, that excludes that child entirely from being able to play online with them. There is a lot of cross-play going on now for titles that exist across both platforms. So do ask the questions. 
What does what does your mate Jimmy have? Oh, what he plays? He's he's getting a new PlayStation. Interesting to hear. Um, what sort of games are you going to play on this thing? Oh, is that exclusive to that to that console? Interesting to hear. So I think it's important to focus on the games, focus on the community around it, and then make a decision. At the end of the day, you're going to be very happy with both. Um, I have the new Xbox here, and I can't talk about how good it is or anything like that yet, but I can say that it's here and it works. Um, but at the same time, I'm also thinking about, well, we could cool have a PlayStation too, because um, what if I want to play some exclusive titles on PlayStation? So it's just that, that massive debate to have. Have a look at the titles that are coming out for the, for the new consoles, see which ones appeal to you the most, and make a decision. You won't regret it. They are both pretty similarly priced. Um, it's, they've both got the power of light years ahead of themselves. Um, the games that will come out on launch day won't use half the potential of these consoles. You would expect that in two years' time, a game that came out today will look like it was built for Nintendo 64. Like That's how good game development gets when they start to harness the power inside these consoles. So, I, Tony, I'm not picking one for you. Um, maybe when I review both of them, maybe I'll find some significant differences in how they work. That might give me a, a bit of a more educated response. But what I tell people is look at the games and look at the community. So decide what you want to play and who you want to play it with. That's how I would make my decision on which uh, gaming console to buy if I could only buy one. All right. I want to tell you about a product that I have tested. It's called a Philips PicoPix micro projector. Now, what, have I, what am I talking about here? This is a projector that you can fit in the palm of your hand. It's tiny, like tiny. It literally is the size of the palm of your hand. It can project up to 80 inches. So if you've got a blank wall, something the size of your hand can produce an image up to 80 inches. It does work better in a dark room. I'll call that out straight away. It's not very good for a, a summer's day. Um, but once it comes to nighttime, it actually shines pretty good. Um, I've, I've been playing with this little projector. You can, it has a, a HDMI connection on the back. You can connect a Chromecast to it or a gaming console to it. You actually can also project wirelessly from your phone. So you can use AirPlay from an iPhone. You can use casting from your um, Android phone. But if you've got one of the new Chromecasts like I've been testing, then you can use a perfect remote, plug that thing in, and away you go. It has got speakers built into it. They suck. Um, but fortunately, it also has a three and a half mil um, headphone jack, so you can plug speakers into it, or even headphones if you want a more private viewing occasion. This thing is bonkers. At fi it's 595 bucks, and it creates, literally does create an 80-inch screen if that's how far away you are from the wall. It obviously is smaller if you get closer. Um, but it also can run on battery. So here is a projector that is so small that it's portable, very portable can make an 80-inch screen appear, can also run for almost two hours on battery. So suddenly you've got something that you can throw into your bag when you go camping, when you go on holidays, when you just want to, have, um, want to entertain the kids in their room, whatever it is, you can create a little theater anywhere in the world. And it's bonkers that I can have the projector not plugged into anything, receiving content from my smartphone wirelessly. And all I need to do is put a, a white bed sheet up or find a, a wall that I can cast onto. It's amazing. Um, there is a little bit of noise coming from the, from the projector when you turn it on. It's got like this, this hum. So you will be looking for speakers and a quiet movie scene. You'll start to hear that projector running a little bit. Um, the image obviously is not 4K. It's 
an 80-inch experience. It's not meant to be the most detailed or vivid. It's just this beautiful, fun experience of watching a movie on a fairly large display that most televisions would cost far greater, but you're doing it on a tiny, tiny palm-sized projector. The other cool thing, because it is so small and it is shaped in a bit of a box, boxy way, is that you can just point it to the ceiling. And it sounds weird to say that, but if you're laying in bed and you look up, what are you going to see? A white ceiling, a perfectly white ceiling. That's probably two meters away. That's the perfect, absolutely perfect. Lay in bed, point that projector up to the ceiling, put headphones on if it's just you, plug speakers in if there's more than one person, and watch a movie while lying down. Serious? If you've never done it, you've got to try it. It makes you wonder why you don't put TVs on the ceiling. I mean, it'd be scary to sleep under, but here is the safest way to put a TV on the ceiling, and that's through projection. Um, I, I'm a big fan of it. I'm a huge fan of it, I, as you can probably hear me in my voice. I wish the price was a little bit lower. And there are, it's funny, there are projectors that are slightly larger that are cheaper um, from Philips. So this is a bit more expensive because it is so small, but at 595, 80 inches, runs on battery if you want it to, um, can be completely wireless, is bonkers, and it fits in the palm of your hand. It's the Philips PicoPix micro projector. Um, it's just fun. It's just fun. I can even imagine people using this to project onto the, the wall of their tent. Um, if, as long as you've got something white enough, it would look, look fine. And you could watch a movie out in the bush. I mean, it's just bananas. So a perfect thing for summer, I think, outdoor movie nights. There it is, $595 from Phillips. All right, on the, uh, on the Boost text line, let me get that number up again as a reminder, 0467. 439078. Text me anytime with your tech questions, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we had a message from Corey this week and he asks for advice on coffee machines. Now, we don't talk about coffee machines often here, but Corey's obviously been paying attention to my Instagram or something where I'm absolutely in love with particular coffee machines and I love a good coffee in the morning and the afternoon. Now, I wrote a piece actually, this is perfect timing for you, young man or old man. I, I'm sorry, Corey, I don't mean to pick on your age. Uh, Coffee machines. I wrote a piece recently for 7news.com.au and you can go and check them out. This, uh, just Google like 7news.com.au coffee machines and you'll find it. I wrote a roundup from about $299 up to about $6,000 of coffee machines that I've tested and tried and recommend. Um, a lot of machines aren't in that list because I don't recommend them for a different amount of reasons. But when it comes to coffee machines, you've got to set a budget. Like Corey, you've got to pick a budget of what works for you. Think about how much you would normally spend on a coffee at a cafe. Think about how often you normally go there. And if you're going to use all of that money at home, then you have an idea of how long it will take to pay off the machine, given that a capsule or a bag of beans should cost you less ongoing than it would be to go and spend $4 on a cup of coffee at a cafe. Now, for starters, capsules. Capsules, $2.99 will get you a Nespresso Virtuo. These capsules from Nespresso now are more like a disc. The discs are appropriately sized for the size coffee you're having. So if you're drinking espressos, you buy an espresso variant of the pod now. It used to be just one pod fits all. But what they found was if you had a long black, there wasn't enough coffee inside those capsules to really give you enough strength to survive a long black. And if it was an espresso, you may have had too much coffee in there, so it was a bit wasteful. So Nespresso now sells capsules that are for the coffee size that you're drinking. So if you're a big espresso drinker, 
you'll find pods for them. Same thing for long blacks and so on. So $2.99 is really your entry point. Anything away from that, you can go lower, but you tend to lose things like the milk frother if you do like to have milk with it. Um, so I think that $2.99 is that perfect sweet spot of quality as well as having all the features you need, especially if people come over and they want a cappuccino or something. You've got that milk frother, frother ready to go. Stepping up a bit, and I'm going to go pretty quick through this if I can. Stepping up a bit, you're going to go to something like the Bambino from Breville. Uh, we're looking about 450 bucks here. This is your entry point on beans. So we've ditched the capsules. You're going to go first entry point on beans. Now you need to have a grinder. You can buy grinders that can get pretty expensive, or you can buy pre-ground coffee. That's up to you how fresh you want your grind, your grind on your beans. Uh, but 450 bucks, you're going to get a nice espresso machine from Bambino, uh, from Breville. Sorry, it's called the Bambino, and they usually have a wand to do your milk frothing. Some of them are automatic, so you can just put the jug inside the frothing wand and it will do all of the pulsing for you without having to do the wrist action, but something to check out. Smeg also have a very similar variant here, but it's about an extra 50 bucks more. Comes down to how much you know you want it to look good in your kitchen. The Smeg one does look sexier, but it's $4.99. Um, then we start to go kind of automatic, but manual. So here is the Le Specialista from Breville, uh, from DeLonghi, sorry. It's one that I use in the home. Um, it means you've got that little lever action going, but it does grinding of the beans. Then you take the lever across after you've tamped it and you put it into the socket to actually start making the coffee. It's such a beautiful machine. It looks really complicated, but trust me, it's not. They start from 899. There's a new model, which I have been testing called the Maestro of the La Specialista range. And it had some extra gauges. It's got a different frothing mechanism. That's really good if you're doing a lot of milk-based coffees. But if you're all black, then just go for the normal La Specialista for $8.99. Shop around, you'll find it cheaper. Um, and I love that machine. I think it's a, a stunner. If you step up to fully automatic because you don't want to deal with the tamping, the grinding, blah, 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 and you want the machine to just do it all, um, Eura is one of my favorite brands in that space. The Eura Ena 8, E-N-A, the number 8. It's about 1800 bucks. So we're stepping up a bit here, as you can tell. This thing has everything. It does your milk frothing. It, it's got a beautiful milk uh, water container. It does your grinding of the beans. You literally push a button on the screen and hit go. If you're even lazier than that, as long as the cup is underneath that um, the nozzle, you could do it from your phone. So from your phone, you can open up the Eura app and ask for a latte. And by the time you walk over to your machine, there'll be a latte in the glass that you've hopefully left underneath it. It's really cool. It's got a display that you can cycle through the coffee menus. You can still customize them. I love it. Stepping up again, DeLonghi Maestosa, M-A-E-S-T-O-S-A, four triple nine. So not cheap. This thing is the bee's knees. It does everything. Now, the, re the one thing I love about this machine, because I've had this one for a while as well, you can have two hoppers of beans. So that means you could have one brand of beans on the left, a different brand of beans on the right. And that means that depending if you're feeling like a bit more Arabica in the afternoon, boom, you can have the left side. I just love the fact that you get all these different choice and options. Um, you can put profiles on here. So if there's multiple coffee drinkers in the home with different opinions, they can save their different customizations on when they use the machine. Uh, that piece from the DeLonghi, it's the Rolls Royce. But again, it's five grand. So I get why most people won't go for that machine. So as I said, set a budget, understand what you want to do, what level of complexity you want, and then go ahead and buy one. But um, for more information, do head to that seven years article because it's, um, it's a cracker. Now, deep breath. It has been a big show, a big one. Next week, I have changed our interview show a little bit. And 
it's going to be interesting. So I've had big brands on this on the show. I've had Spotify, I've had Fitbit, Dyson last week. It's been crazy. Some real big companies, and I love hearing from them. And I decided I'm going to focus on Australia a little bit. So I put a call out, and I got inundated with Australian tech companies. And we're going to focus on Australian tech companies for a couple of weeks. I'm going to talk to four companies in one episode next week, short and sharp, about 15 minutes each. Um, we're talking about companies that make phones, companies that make apps, companies that make PowerPoint switches, um, and companies that are looking after the elderly. So a real broad spectrum, all in one interview. We're going to look in our own backyard next week. It's an Australian episode of Technology Uncorked on the interview episode, and I can't wait to share it with you guys. Um, if there's, again, any companies you want to hear from, let me know. You can text me. You can text me the questions. You can text me interview recommendations, whatever you like. Send it through. I'm more than happy to take your suggestions and reach out to them. I have no shame in asking anybody to join on the show, and we will continue to do that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your time and your text messages. I love receiving them. I'll say the number again in case you've forgotten. 0467-439-078. And the other thing you can do is you can go on to, I think, the iTunes store, whatever they call it these days, and leave a review. If you want to leave a review of the show, please go ahead and do that. Um, I hear it's good for your health. I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Stay safe. Look after each other. Bye-bye.